1: SSOP.
0: That cost seems absurdly low to me. Like, first, I expected it to be much higher given the quality of the content, but also $0.99. You you can't park next to a theater for $0.99.
1: Accurate. Also, if you watch Marquee TV, you get to see these shows maybe wearing your pajamas and hanging out with your cat or your dog.
0: Yeah. It's a good way to sort of indulge your own curiosity. You can see all the performances of Hamlet or maybe the first 15 minutes of all of the performances of Hamlet, and you don't have to rope your friends and family into all of that.
1: Or you could watch Richard II over and over and over and over.
0: (laughs) What's the best angle for David Tennant Mm -hmm. in Richard II?
1: Trick question. All of them. (laughs) Anyway, you definitely need to explore the website because there is a ton of really fun, fascinating... Engaging stuff on there. I went in specifically looking for Shakespeare and I found a ton of other things I wanted to watch.
0: Yeah. You can keep up with what they're doing on social media at Marquee Arts TV. You can visit their website at marquee.tv. That's marquee.tv to get three months of their service for just 99 cents with the promo code SSOP. Bring the arts home with Marquee TV. And now the show. Hi, I'm Sam Payne, host of the Appleseed Podcast. This season, imagine this. A crackling fire, a mug of cocoa, and family gathered around a great story. All you need is the fire and the cocoa. We'll take care of the stories. Join us in every episode of the Appleseed Podcast for folk tales, fairy tales, family stories, tall tales, and more, shared by some of the country's most beloved storytellers, and just right for gathering around. Make it a Christmas season to remember with the Appleseed Podcast. Find the Appleseed wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Coming up, a thriller about a team of female assassins.
0: A fairy tale from one of the world's most famous authors.
1: Plus our distraction of the week. I'm Mel.
0: I'm Dave. This is the Library of Lost Time.
1: This book is at the tippy top of my TBR this week. It's Killers of a Certain Age by Deanna Rayborn.
0: Yes, that has you all over it.
1: I've been excited about this book since I heard the premise like a year, maybe a year and a half ago. Here it is. Okay. When they were college-aged, four women were recruited by a government agency called the Museum to assassinate Nazis. And for the next 40 years, they went after dictators, drug smugglers, arms dealers, and sex traffickers. But now, they're 60, and they are considered too old school and are staring down retirement. The agency sends them on an all-expenses-paid Caribbean cruise to kick off the next phase in their lives. And then they realize that they have now been targeted for termination. And they fight back.
0: (laughs) There are so many things you would like in that storyline.
1: I know. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah.
1: I think everyone knows I'm a longtime fan of Deanna Rayborn's series about Veronica Speedwell. That one is set in Victorian England, and Veronica is a firecracker. She is, as far as I'm concerned, one of the all time great lady detectives. I am very excited to see what Deanna Rayborn is going to do with 60 year old, strong, intelligent, pissed off women. Yeah. Kirkus Review said this, which is very promising Rayborn vividly evokes a number of far flung locations while keeping readers on their toes trying to figure out what's going to happen next. So not only is she giving us awesome lady assassin. She's taking us around the world. Yeah. Four armed and dangerous women traveling the globe and kicking ass. Ready for it. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) That's Killers of a Certain Age by Deanna Rayborn, and it's out now. Run, don't walk to get a copy.
0: (laughs) I want to talk about Fairy Tale by Stephen King. I feel like I'm really doing this breakout novelist a favor by mentioning him here.
1: (laughs) Stephen who now?
0: Yeah. I wanted to mention it for for three reasons. First, it's a secret passage book,
1: oh, that's really fun. We just did our
0: episode on secret passages, and I'm still thinking about that in the story, a high school student, Charlie Reed meets a recluse, Howard Boditch. Howard lives in a big house on top of a hill in the neighborhood. In the back of his big house is a locked shed. Sometimes Charlie hears weird noises coming out of the shed. Mm-hmm. But Howard keeps to himself about that, and Charlie doesn't ask. But one day, Howard dies, and he leaves behind a cassette tape for Charlie. Interesting. And on that tape, he tells Charlie a secret. Inside the shed, there's a portal to another world.
1: Oh, come on. (laughs) Give it to me now.
0: (laughs) The second thing that attracted me to this book is that it started because King suffered a bit during the pandemic, like the rest of us. And he asked himself, what could you write that would make you happy?
1: That is really sweet.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious about the answer to that question. And the third thing is that I've enjoyed Stephen King's work more as he's aged. Mm-hmm. I think his later work is better. The book is called Fairy Tale. It's by Stephen King. It is available just about anywhere you can find ink on paper.
1: I love his horror novels, but I love his tender novels even more. And yeah. it sounds like maybe it has a little bit of both. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah,
0: same. And now, our distraction of the week.
1: Today, I want to tell everyone about a street artist who's making the world a more beautiful place. She's Polish and based in Warsaw. Her name is Elzbieta Dimna, but she goes by the street name Nespoon. Nespoon. Her mission seems to be to cover the world in lace, and she uses different artistic tools to do it. She literally beautifies the street by filling holes and gaps with ceramics that have been imprinted with delicate lace patterns. She's also woven installations made of string in hallways and trees that look like spiderwebs constructed of lace. But my favorite of her works are her murals. She creates traditional lace patterns on an epic scale, covering exterior walls of buildings with massive pieces of lace. She starts with a solid background of gray or golden yellow, pastel pink, terracotta, baby blue, like soft Easter egg colors. Yeah. In the background. And then she uses white spray paint to create Chump Loya lace. It looks like delicate pieces of lace have dropped from the clouds and draped themselves over the building.
0: You've shown me some of the photos of her street art and it's gorgeous. It's really lovely. It really is. Particularly in the right setting, right? Particularly in the sort of the old Polish towns and such.
1: This summer, she's created new works in France, Spain, and Italy, which I will link to in the show notes. I love to look at her Instagram and see where she is, because she's been all over. The piece that first caught my attention was one she did in Calais, France. There's a museum of lace and fashion there. And she went into the catalogs in the museum archive and found a pattern from 1894, and then recreated it on the facade of the museum.
0: That's cool that she got the design from the museum archive.
1: That's my favorite thing about her work. She's always inspired by the local context of whatever she's creating. I'm gonna share a quote from her. Okay. I always use local lace patterns if they exist. I check local museums. I respect and commemorate the emotional bond between individual patterns and particular cities, or even particular groups of lace makers. If there's no tradition of lace-making in the area where I work, I ask for lace in the homes of elderly people living nearby.
0: Oh, that's so nice.
1: I you know, it's so sweet. All of this is also evident in some work she did in a small village in Spain. Belorado is on the pilgrimage trail in the north of Spain. And there's a town square called Plaza de San Nicolas. It's surrounded by eight buildings. And in the center is a court where women play bolo bella ferrano. That's an outdoor bowling game that's played only by women. So when she went to do her installation, the local woman invited Nespoon into their homes, and she learned about lace patterns that had been stitched by nuns in a nearby monastery. Wow. Okay. So she based her murals on those traditional patterns. And she said that while she was painting every day, the older ladies would stop by to chat with her and share their memories of the place, and they brought her fruits and sweets and kept her company while she was painting.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: And then interspersed with her delicate lace murals on these buildings are sepia-toned images by another artist. His name is Reggae Fernandez, and he based his works on photos from 1917 of women watching and playing Bolo Belafirano. So there's this really awesome juxtaposition of their styles. Yeah. It's just beautiful. And there's a photograph, which I will put in the show notes, of women playing the bowling game surrounded by these murals in their town square. It's just beautiful. And that's one of the things I find so moving about Nesboon's art, aside from it being lovely to look at. She's bringing attention to traditional women's art form that is often overlooked. Yeah. Women have been handmaking traditional textiles for centuries, it takes a lot of skill. And a lot of creativity, and with her art, Nespoon is celebrating this tradition and also combining it with modern street style art. It's just very cool and really moving. Visit strongsenseofplace.com dot com slash library for more details about the books we discussed and to put your eyes on the work of Nespoon.
0: Thanks for joining us in the Library of Lost Time. Remember to visit your local library and your independent bookstore to lose some time yourself.
1: Stay curious. We'll talk to you soon.